Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandra Marie and I am your host, Alexandra Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest at Alexandra Marie underscore talks. Again, that's Alexandra Marie underscore talks. So we continue with our I Am Wonder Woman series. On this episode, I will discuss self-confidence, motivation, and shutting out the noise. Later on, we will be joined by Valera Wilson. She is an author, coach, motivational speaker, marketing strategist, and founder of Positive Identity. I can't wait for you guys to hear about Positive Identity. So, self-confidence. What is it? Well, it's not something that we are born with. Though, seeing a lot of people, such as Michelle Obama, we have Beyonce, oh my goodness. We have Viola Davis. We have so many amazing people that are drenched in self-confidence, right? When we see them, we can't imagine them having any sort of doubt, right? Well, they're not born with it, okay? Uh, Nor is it something that they carry with them all the time. You know, everyone has that moment of doubt. But it is something that we must strive to acquire and consistently work on to maintain. As women, we tend to focus on everyone but ourselves. So taking the time for self-development doesn't come naturally for us. Girls often are encouraged to be passive, not too daring or confident. We're often taught that too much confidence may threaten all those men out there and that will leave us to be lonely. So we need to let them shine, right? Ladies. Let me tell you this. Men who themselves are self-confident and aren't easily intimidated are attracted to women who carry themselves with confidence and poise. Because if you're not intimidated by it, you know, you're drawn to it, actually, because you want someone to match you right? That's what bosses do. A boss looks for another boss. And I'm, this is not me saying you can't be a boss and be, you know, a stay-at-home mom. Because let's face it, it takes a boss to do that. You know, you got to take care of the home. You got to take care of the children. And you got to take care of your relationship and your partner. That takes a lot of energy to do. So I don't want anyone to feel as though, well, I must not be a boss or I must not have confidence if I'm taking care of my children. No, 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 no. That's not the case. Because you are a boss in your own right, in your own realm. Okay? And I don't want you to take that away from yourself, nor do I want you to allow anyone to take that away from you simply because you choose to take care of your family. But please note that men that are not intimidated and that are confident in themselves, they want that. They attract, okay, because they don't want to carry someone, okay? They don't want to have to pull someone in a wagon, right? Because they're doing their own thing. So they need someone to match them. So don't be afraid to be confident and to know who you are and to wake up and affirm that within yourself. You are great, you are beautiful. And the more you say that to yourself, the more you will begin to believe it and the more it will be true. So how do women maintain self-confidence? First and foremost, take responsibility for yourself. This is the first and most important thing and advice I can say to you guys. Take responsibility for yourself. You are the only one that can make new things happen in your life. Do you hear me? You are the only one 
that can make new things happen in your life. Yes, there will be help along the way, but without the proper action and execution from you, all the help will make no difference at all. Now, develop an action plan and implement it. Select one area for your personal or professional development. Determine the action steps you will take to get there. When doing this, make sure to ground yourself. Hold yourself in your truth and block out the noise from the naysayers because you will have people that will say, well, why do you want to do this? You're fine at what you're doing. Stay where you're at. You're great at what you're doing. Why do you want to add something else? Why not? Why not? You know, so many people will tell you to stay where you are because they don't want you to shine or they don't want you to outshine them or they don't understand. You know, you have something great or you're doing great with whatever it is you're doing and they just cannot understand why would you need something more? It is not for everyone else to understand but you. You need to ensure that when you look in the mirror or when you go to bed at night, that you're not living in any kind of regret. You don't want to be 60, 70 years old and say, man, I wanted to launch this when I was younger. I wanted to do this. I wanted to go back in school. I wanted, you don't want to do that. Trust me, you do not want to do that. When I go to sleep at night, my mind's racing at, oh man, what, what can I do to make this happen or this, that, and a third? But you know what? I have an action plan and I stick to it as much as possible. And when I choose to do something, right? Like right now, I'm launching Soleil Beauty LLC, Botanicals LLC. I'm sorry. So it's Soleil Beauty Botanicals LLC. And if you've heard this podcast before, you know that I was supposed to launch a business around my birthday, which was March, but you know, COVID happened. And then I said before, you know what, I'll, I'll try to focus on it next year. But I would go to bed and I would say to myself, why next year? Like you've been doing research, you've been testing, you've been putting together things, you've, you know, have your business plan, you have your business model, you have your mission statement, you have everything. So why are you waiting for next year? It was eating at me. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to wait for next year. Because why? Why? I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to block out anyone and everyone that has anything to say about it. You know, when I changed my career choice or when I had launched my other side business for behavioral therapy and now with COVID, I'm doing consulting. I was dating someone at the time, you know, as I mentioned to you guys before, and all he wanted to do and all he was doing was chipping away at my dreams and aspirations. Obviously, we're not together anymore, but I just couldn't understand it. I was like, why are you not happy for me? And it was like, well, you're not going to have time for, you know, yourself. Yes, I am. I'm going to make time. Okay, well, you're not going to have time for your children. I will make time. I do have time. All right, so you're not going to have time for me. What do you mean I'm not going to have time for you? Again, we can make time. If you want something, you will make time. You will find the energy to make it happen. Given that you really want it. If you don't, then guess what? You won't make the time for it. So block everybody else. Make an action plan. And next thing, stick with it. When you take 
on a new challenge, stick with it. True confidence develops from an increasing belief that you can rely on yourself to take action and follow through no matter what the results are. Let's take, oh my goodness, let's take actors, right? How many of them have amazing movies and have bomb movies, like movies that tanked? Did they stop? No, they didn't. They kept going, you know? And you have to stick with it. You have to say, you know what? Failure is an option. I know the quote is, failure is not an option. No, failure is an option. You have to have that energy to, and that understanding that you will fail. You will fail. And in that failure, you will grow and you will find your true self and you will be great. Okay, because if you are too afraid to fall, when you fall, you will not know how to get up. So we cannot say that failure is not an option. We need to believe, look, failure, that has to be an option. I have to accept that I will fail. But you know what? I also have to believe that I will find a way to get back up, right? And make it happen. The next thing for self-confidence, as I've been saying, act as if and affirm self-confidence. If you put off taking action until you have confidence, you'll never do it, right? It's kind of like, oh, I want to do this, but I just, I just don't understand. I just don't think I'm ready. I don't think I can do it. Look, you'll never do it. You need to believe and speak it into existence. Once you feel it, you will then believe it. And you will know it to be true. When they say you can't, and they'll, they'll say you can't. You must. Okay? When they say you can't, and they will, you must. If I were to take into consideration what my ex, I mean, it's not just one ex, you know, but if I were to have taken into consideration, let's say it was about two, two, two and a half years ago, um, and my ex said to me, why do you, why do you need this side business? You're getting paid pretty well and you just got this job and you have all this therapy that you have to go through because of the car accident that you were in and you know, you're dealing with, um, custody issues with your son's father, you know, um, you're not going to have the time to do all that. I would have not launched my consulting business and I would have not have helped as many families with children on the spectrum as I have and as I will continue to do. If I would have listened to him and, you know, what was his words? I can't quite remember, but why would you want to start a podcast? You know, who's going to want to listen to you? Where are you going to get the money for the equipment? How are you going to find time to do all that? I would have not started this podcast, right? I would have said, yeah, how will I have the time to do all of that? Again, if you want something and you want it enough, you will make the time. So many people want to believe that success is having a million followers or, you know, having a million dollars in the bank or at least having six-figure salary, this, that, and a third. I always ask 
my, you know, interviewees, like people that I bring onto the show, what success means to them. And again, everyone has their own definition of success. But success to me, success means you having a plan and you following through with the plan. You want to write a book? Go ahead. There's so many self-publishing websites out there. You go, you write your book. That's success. Why? You had an action plan. You follow through with the action plan. And you are successful in that. Okay? You want to start a podcast? Then do it. You want to start, you know, a side hustle or you want to start an LLC or you want to start a business, do it, right? The hardest part is following through with your action plan. And that is why that in itself is success, okay? And yes, we all want our action plan to bring us you know, streams of income. But we can't keep chasing that in itself and that alone. That's not gonna bring you success, okay? So how I look at it is whatever I wanna do, you know, I have a five-year solid plan for this LLC. And I know there's going to be things, there's going to be trials and tribulations in, in between. And I'm going to want to pull out my hair sometimes. Like even with this podcast, you know, there's so there's so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt out. Like today, you guys can't tell, hopefully, I am burnt out, okay, with my job with my um side job and then this podcast and then launching this llc and um having the pre-launch where products are going to be online um in october and you'll be able to pre-order uh november 11th at 11 11 p.m but then you know you'll be able to really really order near um you know, Black Friday, like that's when, that's the launch launch. So it's crunch time. You know, I, I woke up not too long ago, you guys, I woke now, mind you, I've already, I've already had this business plan. And, um, so it's not like I just woke up and said, man, I'm going to start this, but people do that. People wake up and say, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. And within a week or two weeks, you know, if they have the funding, they go they launch whatever it is and they make it happen. So I'm not sitting here saying like, look, you can't do that. But I'm just saying I already had a plan. And I finally said to myself, I'm not waiting anymore. There's no point of waiting anymore because it's going to eat away at me. And what's the point? I already accepted that there will be times I will want to pull my hair out. I've already accepted that failure is going to come along with success. So what else was I waiting for? Nothing. So I just said, you know what? Go. Just go. Just do it. Have faith in the universe. You will wake up every day, you know, by the grace and the power of the universe, by the grace of your ancestors that are, you know, holding your hands through this and affirm and speak it into the universe with along with everything else you've been speaking into the universe. That's confidence, you guys. You know, knowing it, believing it, speaking it so, so that it is so. And it's something you're going to have to do every day. You may not want to. There's going to be days you're just so tired and you don't want to get up, but you have to, you have to roll out of bed and plant your two feet on the ground and say, 
I am going to make it. I'm going to make it through today. No matter what, I am going to make it through today. So let's rehash. Okay. First and foremost, take responsibility for yourself. This is the first and most important thing. Remember, you can make new things happen in your life and only you. Second, develop an action plan and implement it. That's it. Make a plan, follow through, and hold it to be true. Block out all the nonsense, all the naysayers, and stick with it. That's the third thing. Stick with it. Okay? Lastly, and again, last but not least, but this is also important. They're all important, but this is also important. Act as if and affirm self-confidence. Like I've been saying, speak it into existence. Know it to be true. Because once you feel it, you will then believe it. And of course, it will then be true. Why? Because you will know it to be true. Remember, when they say you can't, and they will, you must. So, let's get our guest on the phone, Miss Valera Wilson. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, good. I'm like, oh, wait, did she get the link? <laughs> I did. I joined and I couldn't hear anybody. It's like, oh. right, right. No, so that, that other link knocked off. But, anyways, you are here. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining. So, Valera, yes, right? Ma'am, that is correct. All right, all right. So, Miss Valera Wilson, I know a little bit about you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we start the interview? Sure. So, I'm Valera Wilson. I am an author, uh, speaker, and coach um, who has spent probably almost 20 years leading you know, in different global companies and really has had a number of experiences as a woman, uh, as a black woman, and really just have uh, transitioned and evolved into um, someone that is very passionate about helping other ambitious women lead with confidence, not just in their careers, but in their relationships and everyday life. In their relationships, we might have to touch base on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you know, we've all got, you know, married, single or otherwise, we all can, you know, live better in our relationships, right? Or do better in our relationships. Of course. Yes, yes. I hear you're married. So how long have you been married to your husband? Uh, It will actually be uh, eight years in about two weeks. Ooh, congratulations. Congratulations. So what have you been doing to keep yourself sane during this pandemic? Oh, gosh. Um, really launching my book, upcoming book has been part of it. It's been keeping me very active and busy. And and I know it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. So I've just tried to, one, um, stay purposeful and, and active on things that um, I'm able to do because of the amount of time that, that we're now in the house, right? Um, the other thing is really mm-hmm. just enjoying getting outside again. I hadn't really been much about walking and doing those different things. So have have fallen in love again with just nature. And my husband and I have probably walked <laughs> more together in the past, what, five, six months since March than mm-hmm. we have probably in our whole relationship. And also just being thankful for what isn't. A, a challenge for me right now, right? Yes. So it's so hard, so easy to think about yes. what is happening. But if you really take a step back and think about what hasn't happened to you, respectively, um, there's always an opportunity to count your blessings. So, of course, always. So, 
positive identity. What compelled you to start positive identity and how did you get it started? Talk to me. Sure. So positive identity really is, it's part of, it's really the evolution of my lifelong journey, right? I think we all have experiences, whether they're painful, whether they're purposeful, they're all purposeful, I think, but you know, it, it started from the, you know, from probably from childhood and what it, the name comes from the fact that I did not always have a positive identity. I struggled with confidence and self-worth for a very long time and figuring out who was I really. And, you know, for, for me, it was being born to a single teen mom, you know, being loved, very loved at home, but then going through some, some traumatic experiences to being the first person to graduate from a university and navigating life. And it's just a, a combination of things and trying to figure out where do I fit in? Where's my voice? Am I being heard? Do I have a right to ask for this? Do I have a right to, to say I want that? Can I really have that? And all of those things came from not having the most positive identity. And I thought it was just me. And, you know, you start to, I started to come across mm -hmm. so many other women who didn't look like me but had similar challenges. That swirling question, I call it of self-doubt of, am I enough? Um, who am I really? And so as I've continued to chip away and put peel back the layers of my own self and realize who I am and what I was created to do, regardless of what I've been through or experienced or where I've come from, I, it, I, it's become so important for me to help other women see the same in themselves. Yes, yes, we definitely need more women reaching out to other women about their identity, especially women of color. We're disproportionate yes, in so many yes, ways. Yes, absolutely. So were there any doubts when you wanted to launch Positive Identity? Gosh, yes, always, right? Still, right? The question is, what do, you, what do I do next? How, how, how big can this get? Who is it really going to touch? Is it really making a difference? You know, you go through all those those doubtful moments and it's 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 so easy to get to stop there in the doubt. But I always like to say that the fear and the doubt is just an indicator of an opportunity for growth. And yeah, I like that. Really you need you need to coin that. <laughs> a, a couple of people have said that because I really do believe that it's. <laughs> It's it's kind of like, you know, when you start to figure out how to swim or you don't you're terrified of swimming and you look at the water and you're like, oh, my God, I doubt I, I doubt I can swim. I don't know if I can swim. I'm going to drown. At some point, you just get in the water. You're like, I'm going to figure this out. Right. And that's really mm -hmm. been for me. It's it's just an indicator that's an opportunity to learn something new and different. And it's an opportunity to trust that you'll figure it out as an opportunity to, to gain some new strengths and skills some new resilience, see, in parts of your life. But absolutely, doubt. Oh, God, yes. Uh, imposter syndrome, doubt, all the above. But the question is, do you allow it to stop you or do you just say, okay, I hear you, but you're going to have to take a back seat? Right. So, so many women want to start a business, but you know, they say juggling life, love, family, and then a business on top of that may be difficult. Can you tell us how do you manage it all? I think it's a it's a challenge, and it's a challenge for any entrepreneur, right? I think it's for me. I, for me, I'm a careerpreneur. Really, I have a full time job. I'm, I'm a full time wife, not a mother yet, but you know, and then then you bring in this new baby of yours, this new entity that you're trying to birth and figure out. And it takes time. It takes energy. It takes dedication um, of both and sacrifice of both time and money. I think, and so I would say. Finding the time has just been all about how bad do you really want it? And it's really about, I think, a, a challenge of what does the business need to look like for you? And not based on what someone else is, no, you know, someone else is posting on their social media feed. But what do you need the business to look like for you? Seriously, is it going to be your part time thing? Is it do you want it to be your full time thing eventually? What's your purpose and plan? And I think that really should guide individuals respective. Uh, 
decisions on what to do. I, th I think it's so easy to look to your left and to your right, especially now on social media, right? You see people posting seeds, posting right. sales funnels, posting all these things. And it's like, okay, true. But is that what success looks like for me? Is that what I really want for mm. me? I've got kids. I've got a spouse. I've got family that's important to me. Is that what I want right now? Or do I need to have a five-year plan for this? Do I need to have a 10-year plan for this, right? Nobody talks about that. The reality is that it takes a while to grow a business, truly. Um, I have a fortune, I mm -hmm. think, too, for, for me. My husband is a full-time entrepreneur, has been one for probably 15 years. I see the amount of work it takes. It's not, it's not for play, right? It's serious. No, no, it's not. Trust me, I know. You know, it's not just let me put two hours in the day. No, it's you're putting some time mm -hmm. in before you see those results and those receipts. So as a result, right. you got to be realistic with yourself. And I always say there is no shame in how your bills are paid. If you have a full time job right now and it's paying the bills, keeping the lights on, keeping the refrigerator full, who do you need to explain why you haven't launched your business full time? Like that just really doesn't make sense to me. I think it's all about, hey, we all have respective priorities and purposes and plans. Work with yours. And that's what I say. But I, I say at some point, if you really do want it to be your full time gig, you do have to plan for that. What's your transition plan? Or, you know, that I think mm -hmm. that gotta absolutely got to put the, put in the work. So I think answering your question is I just. I'm, I'm realistic with myself. At the same time, I'm also aggressive on here's my certain timelines. Here's my goals. And then let me take one thing at a time. I don't need to try to do 15 things at a time. Let me do this one thing right now. Then let me work on the next thing. And so that I'm not overwhelmed because at the end of the day, the business is only going to be as good as me. That's right. So you spoke about success and what success means to others. So how do you define success? That's a great question. Um, I define success is, are you living on purpose? Are you living with intention? What's, what's your, your, your intention? What, what do you, what do you think that you're here to do? And then are, are you investing in that thing? Are you pouring into that thing? Does the time that you spend throughout your day align to that? If success for, for you or me or whomever is running a business full time, okay, great. Are you dedicating the hours to make that happen? If success is, hey, having a business, but also being a great mom or a great wife and, you know, spending time with your family, then are you putting the time in to make that happen? Like, I think success is really about what, when you say that you value something or some things and you're intentional about those things and pouring into them. Yes. <laughs> I love how you're taking us to church. How all of you ladies are taking, well, all the ladies that come on here, they take us to church. You know what I mean? And giving knowledge, some things that a lot of our young Black women need motivation, inspiration, and honest truth. Not that Instagram, you know, oh, here's all the bags and this and that. Okay, I want to know how you got there. You know, I need that. I need to know how you got there. What time and effort it's going to take me to get to where you're at. I love that you got, you know, you went from zero dollars to six figures and you left your full-time job. But can you let me know what happened in between A and Z? You know, that, that, that's what this, this series is about. And you know what? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say that's so important because, and and that's where I think the comment for me came from. Okay, great. There's nothing to be ashamed about having a full-time job, doing your thing where you're trying to figure out how to build this business or, you know, taking your baby steps. Because a lot of times people don't tell us the how. They don't tell us the in-between. They don't take us the, they don't tell us the how long. Because that's the real conversation, the right. how long and then how long were you eating top ramen and how long were you not able to drive that nice car, but have had a hoopty like those are the real things that people need to know. So that false expectations aren't set and our unrealistic expectations aren't set and we don't feel like we're failing when in fact we're actually on time. We're actually doing exactly what we should be doing and, and we're not behind the curve. So 
I think the how, like you said, is so important. I'm, I'm all about the how. As am I. As women, you know, we often get lost and stuck in the past due to lack self-worth or lack of self-motivation, self-esteem. Where does your motivation come from? Well, then I definitely got to take you to church on that answer. Um. <laughs> Go ahead. You're going to take me to the temple. But you, yes, take the church. Go ahead, girl. Yes. Well, you know, it's it's it really is faith for me, right? It really is my faith, first and foremost, because at the end of the day, um, it's not just about the pursuit of the thing. It's the purpose of the thing. It's what is it really supposed to be in my life? If you're just chasing receipts and dollars, there are plenty of people that do that and find that they've, they're left with voids. And so I think if you take purpose mm-hmm. along with you, you, you can temper what you're chasing with a filter of, does it align with what I really value? Well, you know, because it, it, if that's the case, then there's certain things that you may or may not do in pursuit of that so that you don't lose your whole self in the process or the people that are most important to you. And so I think for me, that's that's where it is. It's it's the faith. My faith for me is, is this really purposeful work? Is it really helping people? Yes, you can make a profit and help people. I don't think you have to sacrifice one of the two. I think when you put people first and really want to see people thrive and succeed, you actually can be very profitable. Um, so that's the first thing I think, too, is just life experiences, not having everything handed to me. I think it was I had to be resourceful. I had to figure things out. I had to find a way when there wasn't seemingly one or people weren't there to give me guidance and, and help me along the way because they just didn't know. They loved me. My family loved me, but they couldn't take me where they'd never mm-hmm. been. So I had to figure out those things in the dark. Right. I had to navigate you know, um, a career navigating up the corporate ladder. I had to navigate really and truly just relationships too. You know, my mother was single for a very long time. And um, so navigating what relationships look like, a healthy one would look like, navigating finances, how to get out of debt, how, you know, how to pay off those two loans, how to invest Mm -hmm. right in real estate, not just be an owner, but an investor. All these different things um, I had to learn. And it took some resilience, it took discipline, it took sacrifice, it took time. And, but it came from just not having things handed to me, I think. So between faith and not having things handed to me, I I think have produced my motivation. That's good. So you're you're touching base on, you know, relationships and being raised by a single mom and you being married for eight years. Now, a lot of us ladies, especially a lot of us ladies of color, um, being in a relationship becomes difficult, especially for, with men of color, because they seem to think as though we don't need them. We give off that, you know, we want them to be on top before they could address to, before they could address us. So how did your, cause you seem like a boss, you know what I mean? Um, so I want to know how your husband had the courage and I say courage because I get that a lot. You know, I have guy friends and they'll say, you know, a guy needs to have the courage to step to you, you know? So <laughs> I want to know how your husband got the courage to talk to you if, if he ever, you know, disclosed that oh, that's information. That's funny. Well, you. you probably have to bring him on here to share that. But funny enough, <laughs> we met at Chipotle. Um, we met on a, at Chipotle oh. Saturday afternoon. And randomly enough, he said he got the courage because he saw me walk in and I didn't see him. My, my His back was again towards the door, but he saw me walk in. He was sitting with someone that he was meeting with. And when they actually, um, they got a phone call. And when they got the phone call is when he kind of waved his hand like, hey, how you doing? And when, when I said, hi, he, he said he got the courage to come over there. And that's all it takes. I say this because I have men that also listen. And that's all it takes, guys. You know, it's always, please don't come up to us and say, can you smile or anything like that? Just say hi. That Just was hi. it. That's all he said. Was <laughs> he said hi, and then he came over, and the rest was history. I would want to say six months later, we were 
he proposed, we were engaged, and nine months after that, we were married. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. You didn't have to wait 10 well, years. And yet. that's a whole nother story. That could be a whole nother episode, <laughs> trust me, because, uh, yeah, he was definitely the one that I had been waiting for. Put it like that, because other people had tried to waste my time and I made it clear that I was not going to be their forever girlfriends and cut the cords. And so mm -hmm. I think just a quick message on that to any woman listening is that, you know, sometimes you could be blocking your own blessing because you're trying to hold on, hold off and wait on someone. And it doesn't always require that. Yes, there are situations where, you know, they may truly not be ready based on finance or whatever that might be. But you you know what you want. And had I waited for the, oh, I need another couple years, I would have missed someone that was ready for me and able to be a blessing in my life. Exactly. And not be intimidated. No. By yes, you. absolutely. You know, that that's that's the thing. A lot of our fellas. Yes, fellas, I'm talking to you guys that are listening because I know you're there. I see my numbers. Um, please, please stop being intimidated by us because you were bo you were born from a strong black woman. So to say that you're intimidated by us, for me, it's baffling. Yeah. Why would you not want that? I think, you know, um, on the balance side of that is that, too, yes, we as women, we definitely should be and can be approachable. I mean, it's not, you know, a high isn't a harmful thing. How you doing? You know, it's just think of it as just being courteous of saying hello, responding. It's, you know, you don't know the person's intentions. Just be be kind. How about that? That's all we need to do is be kind, be approachable. And make exactly. it uh, make it easier or easy, right? <laughs> For the person to at least have the confidence to come over and say hello, right? You know, um, but that's a whole nother conversation too, right? But I, I just think, you know, you you invite and you welcome what you want in your space. If you want and you you want you invite exactly. and you want a man, be inviting in your in your in how you look when you are out and about. Hey, how you doing? You know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being kind. <laughs> so um i read that you have about what 20 years under your belt for a marketing yeah. strategy mm -hmm. is that yep. correct okay so how would you advise us to advertise our business for you know new entrepreneurs out there um it really depends on who your target audience is there's never just one answer it's really about who are you talking to where do they live? Where do they hang out? Where do they get information? And then you go there, right? So if your your business is the government, it doesn't make sense for you to be on Instagram, right? <laughs> um, doesn't make it sounds I mean, good, you know. But really, it's but really like that. That is marketing. Like, who are you talking to, and where are they? And then that's where you put all your energy and your time. And, you know, it could be social media, it could be direct mail, it could be email, it could be outbound phone calls, it could be search, you know, searching and optimization, it could be a whole litany of things, but it truly is based on who are you serving? So I always say the first part of any marketing campaign is the discovery about who you're talking to. And then once you really think about what they do, what their pain points are, what keeps them up at night, where do they go for information, how do they maybe consume information, build that profile. And the great thing about marketing is you get to test and measure everything. So if you're doing something, don't do it once and then say, oh, it didn't work. No, do it a few times and then kind of assess, okay, where do I need to adjust some variables, right? And then make changes as needed from there. Okay. So what are your company's goals? company's goal is to help any woman who has ambition, whether that and that varies and that looks subjective, but it is to really help her see her value, own it, and command it in the spaces that are most important to her. And that is through giving, you know, information and education on both the identity of her and the education around how to go after those things. So for example, 
I, you know, even in writing my book, I start with looking at the root of why you may not think certain things about yourself. Why do you think that you maybe can't negotiate or why do you think maybe you can't run that business successfully? There's a why oftentimes it's blocking us. But then it goes back to the practical application, right? It is how do you negotiate? What are some steps? How do you advocate for your promotion? How do you advocate for your business? How do you find the business opportunities? Those are the very practical things. And so it's always um, the confidence and the know-how are the two things that I work on to help women uh, in particular in their areas of life. So, so you're based out of yep. Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? So how would someone, let's say based up here, Jersey, New York, how would they connect with you if they wanted you to coach them through, you know, starting their business or just, you know, being a little bit more self-motivated. Sure. Um, I, they could definitely find me on my website, valerawilson.com. That's V-E-L-E-R-A, wilson.com. Or I am actually on social because that's where some of my clients are on social media across the various platforms, whether it be Instagram um, or Facebook at a positive ID or on Twitter, um, and LinkedIn, Valera Wilson. And do you coach people from other parts of oh, the yes, U.S.? Absolutely, I, everything I do is virtual. So tell us a little bit about your book. So, really, the book is sort of what we've been talking today. But oftentimes, I find that. We have so many goals and dreams, but we have that internal chatter that often makes us wonder, well, am I enough? Can I really ask for that? Or do I have what it takes? And that can keep us often from living the very best life that we really desire and could be living. And so in the book, I unpack the process of shifting past those self-doubts for a woman to own her greatness and really relentlessly pursue what those often unspoken desires and dreams are, right? And- it really breaks down and goes into really identifying the deep rooted sources of that self-doubt, hesitation and fear. And then also looking at some of those common beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck and then addressing them with some powerful truths that will affirm our worth. And ultimately it really is a sisterly sit down, (laughs) candid one to be exact, that's really full of messages that are gonna help push a woman through that fear to say yes to herself and really approach life with a with a greater level of confidence, really regardless of where she's come from or where she wants to go. So speaking on confidence, what's one piece of advice you would give our ladies of color listening to um, this podcast today in the corporate workplace as to how to get what they uh-huh. want and yes. <laughs> Gosh, that's a that's a lengthy one, but there's this is um this is what I've found. How about that? And it's actually a little bit of what I talk about in the book. I share a lot of my experiences in corporate in the book and how I had to navigate. The first thing I would say is to own your yes. Own your yes, because oftentimes people will say, well, we don't know or we're not sure about you. And sometimes we can stick around hoping and waiting that they and praying that they will see our value. So we work extra hard. We're tense in meetings, nervous to say what we think because we don't want to appear like we're not as smart, all these different things. And the biggest thing that I have found is that you own your yes. And when you start owning your yes, that looks like you owning the timelines in which you advance yourself. And if you're not celebrated and instead tolerated somewhere, just like any other relationship, make a move because There are plenty of opportunities out there for you. And sometimes we just get stuck and staying somewhere that really doesn't value us. And so it's really important for me. And what I found is that when I started to own my yes and start raising my hand and say, I'm ready for this. I want to do this. This is where I want to go and grow. And not just and I, I wasn't coming from a place of entitlement in the sense of, oh, I know I've been, you know, subpar performer here, but I, I want to be, the, you know, the next leader in the organization. This is, hey, I've been spending time. I've been delivering results. I've been doing this. And because of that, I am ready. What do you have for me? What's where, where can I grow from here? 
And when you start having those conversations and you start hearing the, well, we don't know and we don't, oh, I'm not sure, then it becomes on you to make that decision to move. And that's the most important advice that I would give is raise your hand, make it known what you're interested in, um, and then own your guess. Make your moves when you need to make them. So, so a lot of us may not know how that looks like. So can you give us a few behaviors of, in your opinion, what being stuck would look like? Sure. So you've been told for two years you're waiting for, you're going to be promoted and you have it, yet you're still there. Um, you've been told that you're, you're doing the job of other people, doing the work of another title, but not being paid accordingly. And, or you lead the projects, but you don't get the recognition. Those are just signs of just being stuck or being put behind the scenes. And, or you stay somewhere and you're not really growing. You don't even like going to work anymore. <laughs> you don't even like the people you work with. <laughs> Right. You don't like them. You don't like the, the organization's culture. You see consistently that they don't promote people that look like you, but you're still there. Why? And I'm not saying that every organization is going to be perfect. Right. There's no perfect organization. But I always say this one thing. It may not be perfect, but it definitely needs to be mutually beneficial. It needs yes. to be mutually beneficial. So are you growing? Are you being paid what you're worth? What's your market value? Um, are you are you able to have a healthy um, team environment? Are you able to have some type of healthy work-life balance? Those to me are the things to really look at that I decide whether or not this is mutually beneficial. Because if you're paying me well, but then I can never unplug at all from this job, that's not mutually beneficial mm -hmm. to me, but that might be okay for someone else. So you have to look at all those things for you and decide on your value chain where it fits and decide, okay, does the summation of all of this, this total experience equal a positive for me? And if it doesn't, then in my mind, it's not mutually beneficial. Right. So now we've sat down and we said to ourselves, this is not mutually beneficial. I really need a raise or I want to grow or I want this title, but I don't want to leave just yet. Give us, give us like, how would you go to your boss or your team leader and speak on that growth? Give us some advice on that. I think the first thing um, is to write it down and make it plain to you. What do you want to do? What are the things that you really see yourself doing in the organization and why? And then make it uh, make set some time to talk with your manager. Let's not talk, not the time to talk about all your projects, but make it a developmental conversation. This is my individual development plan conversation and say, hey, I've been thinking about my role here at the company and I enjoy being here and I want to continue to grow. I always preface it that way because it's not just um, a complaint. It's, hey, I want to grow, right? And so start from there and right. say, hey, I'm, I'm looking at these areas. I've been able to do A, B, and C here. And I'm really looking for opportunities to do this or what opportunities can are available for me in, in this organization or another part of the organization. I'd like to explore that over the next few months. Can you help me do that? It's a question that you either get a yes or a no to. I always ask what lead with, end with the question in the conversation. Can you help me do that? What should I be doing in order to grow here? And then from there, because the point is for it to become a collective um, effort, right? Because mm -hmm. you want your manager or your leader to feel like they're helping to contribute to your growth. Whether or not you really want them to or not is another conversation, but <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's all about because you know we got we have some of those that take credit of, of hey, our stuff. You know what? So. If you take credit for me getting a, a a significant raise or title, go right ahead. I got the title. Okay. 
don't by hook or by crook. I got it. Thank you. Um, because the here's the thing somebody's you always are going to need a person to help you get to the next phase. It may not be the person you expect, but don't bite the hand that's going to bless you. Okay. So that's mm -hmm. all I would say, but I think it becomes that. And then from there say, I would like to have maybe a monthly discussion about this plan. And you may find that they, I always ask for this too. What gaps are, do you see that I might have that, would prevent me from moving forward, right? You always want to get that check-in because sometimes you may have, you know, right. they may see something that you don't see, legitimate or not, but you want to assess perception of you. And okay? you want to assess that. Mm. And then from there, you put that plan together. It's called a development plan. And so from there, you you work on that. You meet maybe monthly to talk about it and say, what are my timelines for this? Where can I grow? I'd like to raise my hand on different projects. And that's really the start of the conversation and just be intentional and consistent there. And then also I found this to be extremely helpful in my, in my career is to set up informational interviews. If there are other organizations or other roles of interest to you, reach out to those people on those teams and say, Hey, I would love to learn more about what your scope of responsibilities are, what you do, skill sets that you, you use in the role. And I found, believe it or not, that at times, Job opportunities come from just those conversations because nobody knows what you want until you put it out there. So when you start putting it out there, things right. may start to pop up that you might just have to say legitimately, I know I can't do that or no, that's not what I'm interested in. But it'll come up because people will think about you like, oh, yeah, you know, she did meet with me or ask me about this. And hey, maybe this maybe she might be interested. So that would those would be probably my my my, my suggestions. So let's go back to um, entrepreneurship and responsibilities. Um, what are your responsibilities as a business owner? Everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's the real answer, right? But overall, mm -hmm. and this is me, Valero, at ground zero. So I'm not this five-year you know, multi-million dollar business that you probably give my husband a call for that. But so I'll give you the little that I do know. But I would say my what I have found, even from being a leader in corporate that then translates, I have found very well into my business is that I'm responsible for the strategy and the direction. I'm responsible for, for figuring out where are we trying to go? And then ultimately getting the people, the resources, the information to make it happen. Um, one of the things I've been very committed to in this process, even with launching the book, is I will not do it all. Right. Even though I laugh and say everything you mm. are, you are responsible for it all. But do you have to do it all? Do you have to? Right. And, and that, that's a that's a. Uh, a, a exchange between time and money. Maybe you don't have as much extra money right now, so you have to do it all. But if you have some extra money, because it's all going to become a required sacrifice, right? It's all If you want to run this business, you got to invest in it. So can you put mm -hmm. some money aside to invest in people to help you move it along? Because they always say, if you want to go fast, go along. But if you want to go far, you bring people, you, you have people with you. So if it's truly a business, a business is not just one person, right? That's not really a business. A business is really an entity of moving parts and people that bring things together. And I read a long time ago, Michael Gerber's The E-Myth, and I always live by that. You cannot do it all. You can try, but to the degree that you want to be really successful, try as hard as, as humanly possible to put people in place freelancers, go on Fiverr, go on Upwork, wherever you need to go, find an intern to help you do some things because as long as you're doing it all, oh, it's hard for you to see further ahead. Yeah. Right. So if you had one piece of advice to someone that's just starting out, what would it be? Starting out in what area? Their life, their what? Business. Business, just starting out in business. You know, they 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 have their business plan, and they're just starting out. What's your one piece of advice? I would say set set some time frames. I think that's important to put a a plan together based on those time frames, 
and work towards those. I think sometimes you can try to rush ahead and you think you're going to make X amount of dollars in the first year. And again, people can burn out because they're expecting this huge return and it doesn't happen like that for them. And so I would say put mm -hmm. the plan together, work the plan and be strategic. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I mean, you took you took me to church a few times. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I know you took my listeners to church as well. I know it. I hope so. Uh, one more time, tell everyone where they can find you, link up with you, learn from you, you know, name of your book, everything. Sure. So you can connect with me across pretty much all social channels, Facebook and Instagram. It's at a positive ID. And if you're on Twitter, LinkedIn, it's Valera Wilson. Um, or if you want to check me out online, ValeraWilson.com. The name of my book is You're Absolutely Worth It. And it is on Amazon for purchase. And uh, I appreciate you so much for having me on the show. Same here. Thank you so very much for wanting to be on my show and for getting on my show. I know there was some technical difficulties in the beginning, but I'm so blessed to have have you on my show today. Thank you again. I look forward to talking with you and your listeners again soon, hopefully. Yeah. Yes, of course. I love to have people come back <laughs> on anytime. Good. It's a deal. All right. Stay blessed, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. To all my amazing wonder women out there, you are stronger than you believe, and you have greater powers than you know. Stay blessed.